Welcome back everyone to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and a man who will admit when he's wrong, Dan Masters, with my good chum, the East Anglian, Elliot Friedman. Will. Will, how are you? Uh, very well, very well, Dan. I don't know if I've... Well, no, I was going to say I don't hear you admit you're wrong, but you do it regularly because you're wrong quite often. So, <laughs> did on the last show. <laughs> what, what were you wrong about on the last show? Oh, I don't know, I'll take your pick. Could be a million things. <laughs> oh, it was the I, Flames. I was thinking earlier. It was like... the Flames doing nothing at the deadline, and I said they couldn't have done anything, and you went, what? And I went, all right, yeah, they could have done something, and that was it. There you go. There you go. All right. I, I feel like I need to start writing my takes down. I don't know about <laughs> you, but... No, that's not how. No, that's not how things work in 2019. You just fire your takes out, and you don't care if they're right or wrong. You're just making a name for yourself, aren't you? That's that's what people never do give them a second thought. Yeah, you don't sort of re- you don't have to do research or anything. You just shout stuff out and hope it sticks. With uh, with the whole Islanders fiasco this week, of uh, yeah, I've just been trying to remember like what have I what have I said on record? How do I feel about this? I like, <laughs> will get into that, my friend. Don't you worry. I'd, I'd imagine we will. I do have a good question for you first, though. Oh, please. Far away. It is a simple one. With the playoffs around the corner, we have talked quite a bit recently about hockey goalies and goalies getting hot. Do you bank on one being really good and you pay loads of money, or do you try and find the right guy and see how they go in the playoffs? So here's my question to you. You can take one goalie with you into the playoffs to win a cup, but you do have to take into consideration their contract. So, for example... If you were some kind of psychopath, decided to take Kerry Price, that ten and a half million cap pit is yours. So I ask you, Will, who would you take? Uh, for me, there's only only one answer to this question. Why well, do I feel this is going to um, be a silly answer? <laughs> no, I, I wish I had a silly answer. Oh, okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, I don't either. I, I actually, mine's, about, mine's a serious one actually, so that's fine. I, I was thinking about saying um, Rick DiPietro, Keith Kincaid. That would Keith Kincaid. <laughs> Sixty-one out of sixty-one goalie. Um, no, no, it's got it's got to be John Gibson, isn't it? Like, if you're taking anyone but John Gibson, you're you're absolutely loopy because he's he's the only goalie I think this year that has really proven his metal while having <laughs> one of the worst teams in front of him. But does he look good because he has to save so many shots every night because the team in front of him is so bad? You know how that... No, that's... No, 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 no. no. Let me no. Think. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> that thing where if you have if you have 40 shots against you and you save 35, everyone's going to say, wow, they almost won because of him. He actually played amazing. But I want the goalie who faces 20 shots and saves all 20. I want the goalie who might not have to do much every night, but when he's called on, he steps up and he's neat and he's bam, right there. That's what I think. Yeah, but you've got to think with those extra shots that Gibson's taken on and the dreadful defence he's having to play behind, he's given up or facing rather more high danger scoring chances. So chances are that the team that's given up twenty, a la you know your your um mighty Brodeur Devils, they're not giving up like you know shots in the slot necessarily. A lot of them are going to be sort of muffins from the point and all that. So I think for for the workload. And for his contract, as you as you said, was a stipulation, Dan. I did. You can't you can't look past him. What's, your, what's his contract? Uh, he's two two point three mil this year, and then is it eight years? Oh, I see. Yeah, eight years at six point four, which I think is is reasonable. I yeah, very reasonable. I did, very however, for a for a twenty five year old goalie as well. I I did, however, go with a bit more of a. 
I'm looking for a guy who's got past experience. And I'm taking a guy who might not jump into people's minds straight away, but he's been there and done it. Very recently, in fact. I'm taking Braden Holtby. Good good choice. Yeah, Solid I, goal I think 6.1 against the cap has proven he can rebound after a, a tough situation. As well documented now, didn't even play the first two games, lost his job, came back in. And there is that save in game two of the cup, which I unbelievably watched again today after I realised I was going to take Braden Holtby. And I think you could, because he's at 6.1 now, I don't think he's going to demand 8, 9, 10. I think he'll be happy to take around that again, 6.5. I think he'd go, because I think he's due up not next season, season after. So, and this week as well, second fastest goal in history to 250 wins. Impressive. Very impressive. That, that is impressive. Thoroughly impressive. My my worry with what, taking Holtby, you know, for the long term is that he's got a few more years on Gibson. And like you say, he's due, a, due a, uh, another contract after next season. So that'd be his age 30 season. I don't know where his birthday, birthday is, but after yeah. his age 30, then what you're going to give, give him, what, another six years at six million? That could soon turn into like, I was going to say Ryan Miller, but Ryan Miller hasn't been that bad. But you know what I mean? He could soon turn into a not particularly good goalie with quite a big cap hit. I think no now as well is... Which leads on to just another little quick discussion before we start the show proper is that players are performing better older now. I think the days of looking at a player who's 32, 33 and being like, oh, well, he's past it. I think those days are gone. I think, not gone, but I think if you look after yourself, do the right thing, you'll be fine. Ovi's still scoring like a freak. You know, what is it, 10, 10 career 45 goal seasons? First player ever to do it, and we keep thinking he's going to drop off, and he just keeps going. Chara's, what, 86? Still playing great, so I don't I don't worry too much about Holby being sort of twenty nine thirty when his next contract comes up. Yeah, no, the the start of the contract shouldn't be too much of a problem, but it's how long are you going to have him on your books for? And the examples he's given there, Dan of of uh, Alex Ovechkin and Zdeno Chara, right? you've picked two absolute freaks. So <laughs> like Alex Ovechkin, the greatest goal scorer of all time, and Zdeno Chara, who is you know well documented being freak. Yeah, I don't know. Like Holt, Holtby is a fantastic goalie, and he has been for quite some time now. But I, I just where goal sending is such voodoo as well. I don't quite know if I'd expect him to uh, to sort of carry on as much as as Chara and um, and Ovi have because he's not quite cut from the same cloth. I wouldn't say. I like I do like John Gibson. I think it's a a very good choice. I think. I would just—I don't know. I, just, I always think with goalies, I would always want to see goalies in another team to see how they would cope with a different defense in front of them. I think I, again, this is completely overblowing any example. But Dominic Hasek is—he goes to all those different teams, and he's amazing for every team. You could put any—you know—you yeah. could have put seven brooms in front of him; he would have stopped. Sort of—he would have like a nine forty say percentage. It wouldn't have mattered. And I always. Goalie, the goalie position is one where I think there's just so much, not risk, but goalies are kind of less happy to move, I think. I think they just kind of get a team in front of them and think, that's it, I'm set, I'm good. Whereas I'd always like to see goalies move and see how they do. Well, especially as that's a bit of a two-way street. You think if, if a GM gets a decent goalie that he trusts, he's going to yeah, stay Yeah, that's true, that's true. Until he's not any good anymore. And by that point, it's um, yeah, the horse is bolted and all that. Very true. All right then, so we start the show. Oh, was that what?
everybody, it's that time of the week. It is a smooth recap. Some happy news for Ottawa Senators fans and its most loyal servant Mark Borriecki scores his first goal in 62 games. Let's hope that form continues when the Sens are playing their home games in a local pond in a few years. Dateline Calgary and Mike Smith shows us what happens when trying hard goes awry. After attempting to collect a puck behind his net, Smith's never-say-die attitude leaves him stuck in the mud and the puck in his goal. Like a nose after clearing out the remnants of a bad cold, being picked last in NHL school playground can be beneficial, as Patrick Cornquist, who was selected last in NHL draft, plays in his 700th game. Hey kids, never give up. In positive Calgarian news, the Flames honoured Jerome McGinley by retiring his number 12 jersey. Bit of an overreaction for a player whose only claim to fame is being traded for Joe Neuendijk. Some players, on and off the ice, have hearts of gold. Jason Pommenville giving his fellow professionals in Edmonton, who've had a rough go of it lately, a fighting chance, as he shows immense skill to block his own shot on an open goal. Speaking of open goals, Conor McDavid has gone from the best player in the world to an absolute scrub. The former phenom has clearly lost his touch after missing an empty net against the Sabres. Noted forces fanatic John Tortorella channels his inner army captain, treating his men like fresh pieces of meat on the front line during World War I, proclaiming that 3 on 3 overtime should be played until players just die. Another swing and a miss in Western Canada as Antoine Roussel attempts to break his stick after potting a goal and ending his scoring drought. Alas, the Frenchman was left thinking, c'est la vie mon ami. Canine news now, and with the recent influx of hockey dogs, you could be mistaken for thinking a hairy beast coming towards you should have a stick thrown at it. Alexander Georgiev of the New York Rangers though makes a big mistake, throwing his goalie stick at Alexander Ovechkin during a shootout. In public interest news, I'm glad to remind you that Vancouver's current fourth line makes 9.925 million against the cap and has combined for 44 points this season. Money well spent. And that was the smooth recap. Did you see Georgia throwing his stick at Ovechkin? I, I, mate, I, I watched it live. It was absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. I don't like that rule though. And he, I think the goalie should be able to throw his stick, throw his blocker, throw his helmet, anything. Just save the puck. Anything. If you want to throw your stuff and no. risk getting injured or something, that's on you. That's up to you. Let him throw it. Yeah, but you can't, like... Because if you just start throwing sticks, like, you see the way that it went to... <laughs> a, that's a bit of a health and safety risk, I'd say. Um, but the way that, like, it can spin around, you can just lob it in the direction of, like, a player's stick... And they're going to lose control of the puck, and and that's that. It's almost like a guaranteed save. Fucking big Will Hockey HR over here. He threw a stick, oh. sir. It's not fair. Well, did he really? The, Let's the, have a meeting. I think the way that to, to his credit, the way that Georgiev did it was sort of impressive. Like that. That's the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make it look like it was a mistake. Because <laughs> Ovi could have easily scored anyway. I yeah. think. Like, yeah, I think so. That that's a save rather than. An obstruction, if you know what I mean, but but no, we can't just stop throwing fucking sticks at people, Dan. That's that's loopy. You'd have to tweak the rules somehow. If you're out even at a certain area, or only the goalie can do it as well. You can't have players throwing sticks. I it becomes like something from ECW in the nineties. But I think the no, goalie. I want it to be like 
Did you see that KHL um, All-Star game goal from a couple of years ago? Oh, God, which one? Clearly not, because I would have remembered um, when you said it. It's, it's where the, the guy picks the puck up on, on the blade of his stick and then just throws it like a javelin at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. Fantastic. Fabulous. That's good stuff. All right. That, that's the only way I'd be behind it, to get more goals like that. Well, to start then, we've got we've got at least common ground somewhere and that throwing sticks in some ways acceptable. Now we've just got to meet together and iron out the details and we'll be there. <laughs> just hash it out and we'll, uh, we'll get something sorted. We'll get there, yeah. All right then, who's winning the cup for you this week? It's, it's one, it's a cup winner that I feel we've overlooked since we started doing this segment, Dan. And I feel um, this individual deserves more um, more praise for the achievements he's had. It's, a, it's someone I've already mentioned. It's Louis Erickson is going to win, win the cup for me this week. <laughs> okay. As um, yeah, being the highest paid player on the Vancouver Canucks at present with six million a year. And um, he's playing on the fourth line. So yeah, he's basically getting paid six million to do next to nothing, and he's still got more points than James Neal. So <laughs> perfect player, if you ask me, Dan. James Neal, a favourite here on Two Brits, Two Brits One Puck. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of in life. Just snake it till you make it. Do as little work as you can to get the most reward out of it. A, a theory and a an ethos which t- I take into my daily work routine is that I try and do as little as possible and still get paid. So I think that Lou Erickson deserves praise, as does the aforementioned Mr. Neal. But I think um I think Louis and, and to an extent James Neal as well have done it a bit differently because they've worked very hard until they've got good money and now they're just like, ah stuff that, I'm done. What's what's Louis at time on ice this year? I'm I'm just trying to look that up actually, as you can hear my um my pitter patter on the old keys. Let me have a little look for you, sir. Hockey reference, oh, earning nice. its money as usual. Do they have time Absolutely. on ice on hockey Shout reference? Out. Oh yeah, I do. He's averaging 14-12, so higher than I'd have thought so. But what about his last five games where he's been... He's, um, yeah, he's, he's rocking about 12 minutes a game the last few games where he's been buried might be an over overstatement. Yeah, down on his career average of, seven, of just shy of 18 minutes. To say he's lost it is probably a bit of an understatement, really. It, that's very annoying as well, because James Neal is also on 15 minutes a game, which is a, a, a shame for me, because I wanted him to be on sort of nine or something. <laughs> the less the less time on ice he has, the happier I would have been, I think. he's uh, He's got no excuse, basically, Dan, is what we're getting at. I'm actually annoyed now that James Neal isn't... It's not that James Neal's getting paid so much money, it's that he's getting paid so much money and not snaking it enough. He he should be working less, I feel, to get more of my respect. He's uh, he's scored too many points for his for, <laughs> for his five, for his for his five his, yeah for his damn near six million dollar contract. He's got too much. He's got too much going on. Oh dear. Well, I've picked a player to win the cup this week, and he's going to win the cup. cup. He's going to win the saucer, and he's going to win the entire fucking kitchen. <laughs> because Mitch Marner, boy, he going to get paid. On pace for the most points in a Leaf season in the Leaf season for about twenty five thirty years, and we, and we said a few weeks ago if, if Austin Matthews is worth eleven and a half, then for me, Marner's worth more. I I, I oh mate. I know I know, mate. but I'm a huge I'm a huge Mitch Marner fan. I think he's amazing. I I cl- I 
I'm not saying Matthews is a bad player. He clearly is not a bad player. Austin Matthews is an exceptional player. But I think Mitch Marner is just a little bit, just a little bit better. Am I doing I this? I about that. Am I, am I doing yeah. this to do what Brad Marchand did as well? Have you seen that this week, Will? He's a... Oh, that, the tweet where he says he should get into a half million. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, some the Sportsnet tweet, I think it was Sport, probably was Leafsnet. Tweeted out the stat that Mitch Marner was on pace, you know, was on pace for the most points by a Leafs player in sort of thirty years or so. And Brad Marchand sent a tweet saying, "I can't wait to see what his next contract. It's got to be at least twelve million AAV." <laughs> like, and then hashtag Marner watch, <laughs> which is great. We do, we need more of that, more absolutely more of that. Yeah, hockey Twitter needs to become basketball Twitter, where it's just players like jabbing back and forth. And I did like. I did like uh, the Cal Dubas was asked the next day, "What did you think about it?" And Dubas said, "Well, I think it's good that Brad Marchand's waking up in the morning thinking about the Leafs, which I thought was a decent, Just, a decent comeback. Such a good clapback. That's a decent that's, comeback. Got to give got to give Cal Dubas credit there, because the problem is, is that Marchand's now messing with the GM who's around his age. So you know, Dubas gets the Twitter, he gets Instagram, he gets what's going on on Snapchat. He understands it all. It's not like he's trying to explain it to fucking." And I'm one of the older GMs. They're just going, Twitter? What's 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 that? I don't know what that is. Like Dubis knows he saw it straight away. He's like, oh Brad, you fucker. <laughs> like, it's you, great. You little bastard. Very good. Mitch Marner's winning yeah, the cup and the whole kitchen. Have you seen some of the interactions between Tory Krug and Marshall and Don? <laughs> they're, they're so That's good. Oh, so good. Beautiful. Absolutely like the back and forth with they're at the hotel and like Krug's put out a bloody stepladder next to his bed instead of having <laughs> Brad over for a sleepover and stuff like that. So good. We need more of that. I think, and I do think, I don't know if the players have been told directly, but with sort of the what's in the box series, with beers and all that kind of thing, you are seeing hockey players come out a little bit more now and be a bit more outspoken and a bit more out there with things, which is good. That's only good for me as a sports fan, as we'll talk about in a bit. That's that's what we need. And you had like um like Evander Kane last week tweeting out the three blind mice gif after um, <laughs> yeah. after not getting a call from his headshot from Shara and like yeah, yeah that's great it's, stuff. It, we're, we're getting there, I think slowly but surely. Slowly but surely. Okay, who's getting relegated? Well, I, I, I didn't have this person as being relegated. I'm more Adam down as the loser of, oh, okay. of the cup. Yeah, if if you've got a winner, you've got a you've got a Fair loser. Enough. So. Fair enough. Take, take that as how you will, but there's really only been one loser this week. He has a he has a nice set of blue and white bed sheets. He's uh, now the proud owner of at least a handful of rubber snakes. His name is Johnny <laughs> Trader Tavares. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to go to go back to a franchise, and we're we're gonna we're gonna touch. I say, I say touch. We're gonna absolutely fondle this later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, go, to go back don't to ever it. say that word ever near me ever again you saying that word oh, just fond- sent me like all kinds of wrong sent, sent you wild did it no. fondle nothing wrong with the word fondle oh, not, yeah it is from you oh gross yeah well that's that's rude I can get sexy too dad but that's for another podcast <laughs> to to go home as essentially you know you're home for the last 10 years and just get booze after you've given your um your lifeblood to that organisation Mate, you can't you can't get much worse than that. It's like it's like if you moved out. Yeah, say say maybe you moved out from your parents, and you know you're like oh, this is the right thing for me. Thanks for everything you've done. You know, I feel like you know, we've had some good years here, and then you go back to theirs for dinner after like a few months, and they're just horrible to you. Treat you like shit. The fuck are you doing here? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Wanker. What your fucking How take? Dare. 
How dare you? Dare you? I feel like if you're going to scratch anyone, it was the entire Maple Leafs team that night who should have done something to to not make it as bad as it was for him. But we'll get into that. They they should have thrown plastic snakes back into. Yeah, they should have thrown stuff back, taken their jersey off, like in a mission and just thrown it back at the crowd or something. Anyway. Mike Milbury wouldn't have stood for that sort of nonsense. That's very true. Very true. That's what we need. More shoes. Maybe if, maybe every player once once a game gets one free shoe and they can just launch it however they want. I mean, again, like like throwing sticks and, and other bits of equipment, I don't think... I think that's going to need some, some tweaking before we can implement it properly. So you don't hate it? It's not a no, so I'm happy with that. It's not a no. <laughs> it's a... I say we'll throw some shoes, that. and you say, OK, let's workshop it. <laughs> OK, we've got we've got dialogue open. I'm liking this. You've, you've got an idea there. Let's just let's see if we can iron out the creases. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. As you mentioned last week... This is my. This is getting. This person is getting relegated by default. Two of the best words in English language, and the person getting relegated is Yamo Kekalainen. As Ooh. we did discuss last week, he trades for Matt the Disease Kershane, and then he has, I think, three points in seven games so far. None in his last three. He then gives up three pieces, as you mentioned, for Adam McQuaid, who was a healthy scratch on Monday. And oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, it looks like you're right, Will. When you said that Kekalainen seems to be a good GM by default, as he's not really done anything. And with his first major swoop into the trade market, it's not going great so far. And they do currently sit two points out of the playoffs. There are, yes, it's not looking good for old um, old CBJ, unfortunately. See, I can't decide whether I want them to... like The whole buzz around... Twitter and, and the hockey world this week from, from journalists and fans has been you know, you sort of want to see them not make the playoffs for hilarity's sake, but at the same time if the Blue Jackets don't make the playoffs after taking such a big swing at the deadline it's going to give GMs more fuel to say no, we don't want to make big trades because look what, look what happens so it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged sword I think really like I said a little bit last week, I don't mind that too much if GMs don't make a swing. I want to see GMs make a swing when they're first, second, third, fourth, for example. I, I don't mind too much if a team sat a point outside the playoffs and they go for it. Uh, yeah, okay, it's interesting, but like I say, I'd rather, I'd rather see a super team than, than something else. Yeah, I know what you mean, but like, I don't know, there's only so much room. Once you've got a particularly super team... You're going to be relatively tight to the cap, and you're not going to have room to move, make moves like this. Like I'd rather see Columbus do something like like what they did, than nothing happen just because the the best teams haven't got the space to do anything. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, starters this week. How many do you have? Uh, I've got a pair. I've got oh. a pair of each. Me too. You can go first, Will. Uh, my first starter is going to be top pairing D man, NHL legend. Now officially, uh, playoff participant Ron Hainsey for the absolute monstrous hit that he laid out on whoever it was he laid out on. Oh yes, have yes, you yes, have yes. you seen this hit, Dan? It was an absolute monster. I think he laid it out last night. Yeah, oh, it was in- absolutely incredible. I think uh, in- Alex Edler, Alex Edler of all people. I think in the dictionary under hockey hit, it's just a picture of that. There's no words. <laughs> absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Like the the definition of taking the body, open ice right in the middle. You know, it doesn't leave his feet. Not, elbows aren't too high or anything. Just a perfect obliteration of a human being. Absolutely fantastic. 
NHL Player Safety should have tweeted that out to a lot of people saying, look, this is how you do it. I'm not going to name anyone in particular. And we want to see you do it more. <laughs> yeah, do this, don't do the other thing. I'm going to start, as it becomes a regular feature here on Two Bits One Puck, it's a nice story. I'm going to start Kerry Price, who met oh, with... Oh, mate, don't. I'm going to start crying. Yeah, don't. Yeah, because, oh boy, I tell you. 11-year-old boy named Anderson, after Habs practice. Anderson's mum had died of cancer, and she said to him, I'm going to try and get to you to meet your hero, which is Kerry Price. Unfortunately, she passed away before she could do it, but his auntie stepped in and made it happen. And Price stopped with him, gave him a huge long hug. The boy was in tears. I'm sure Price was in tears. I was in tears. Will was in tears. Lots of tears. But it was a very sweet thing. It was. It was absolutely beautiful. I mean, yeah, I I could barely watch it. It was horrible. Poor, absolutely poor boy. But it's, you know, it's, it's good that he got to meet his hero and I hope that has alleviated some of the pain that he must be feeling. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what have you got? My other start is going to be uh, Islander fans for an <laughs> incredible show this week. And um, just, yeah, just bringing the, the fun and, and hatred back to hockey, which I know, Dan, you're a massive fan of. Hashtag I live for hatred. Okay, yeah, we'll get uh, to this in a minute. A wordy hashtag if you ask me, but fair enough. And I hate you for it. Anyway, let's go. I'm going to start my last starter, Drugs. Bit of a, a, nice. a yeah, yeah, bit of a weird choice there, coming from someone as a, who was as myself who was a, a champion of the straight edge movement. Bit of a change of direction, but yeah, we all need a new, uh, <laughs> a fresh start every now and again. Yeah, sometimes you come to a fork in the road. Sometimes you come to a fork in the road and you think, should I go left or right? Today I went right. Drugs. Who knew? There's going to be a, about 100 NHL players, former players, who are taking part in a double blind study to see if cannabinoids can help sort of post concussion neurological problems, and maybe future spoiler alert. I think they will help. I think this is a good thing. I think it's about time it happened. Well, the old CBD oil is running riot in America at the moment, isn't it? It's it's yeah, it's the uh, the best thing since um, I don't know whatever the last miracle <laughs> tonic was, but normal drugs. <laughs> yeah, but not fancy drugs. Yeah, fancy <laughs> the well. best thing is penicillin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I like it, you know. Yeah. So so many sports people swear by it, especially in the ones that yeah maybe a little less tightly regulated. I know uh, I know a lot of professional skateboarders um, swear by CBD oil, and they they go through a bit of rough and tumble, I'd say, compared to certain other sports people. And yeah, it's meant to do absolute wonders. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what it can do for for other pro- professional athletes. I wasn't aware you were so up on the pro skateboarding world, Will. Is, is this a secret skill you've been hiding from us this whole time? I, I wouldn't call it a secret skill because I'm an absolutely terrible skateboarder and I haven't set foot on the board since I was maybe 19. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm quite into the old, uh, like watching the old skateboarding videos, watching them do their stunts and manoeuvres. No way, that's mad. I was I, I was huge into skateboarding when I was younger. <laughs> I could do... There we go, Christ, I could do the go. bloody... Yeah, I could do the kickflips and everything. I could do tricks and everything. I was... Not, really not the magic it. flip. You couldn't do the magic flip. No, I couldn't. No, I, but I could do. I could do certainly do stuff that would make people go, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah, it's a skill oh, I've got that'll never get me anywhere in life or earn me any money. But hey, I can do it. It is one I wish I had. I couldn't even when I when I attempted to uh, to ride a board, I couldn't even get down a ramp without falling on my ass. So congratulations <laughs> to you, Dan. Fair enough. That's because I'm short. I've got that low center of gravity. It's easy for me. Just not, my my lankiness is uh, is not helping me. In that yeah, it's worked against you there. All right, how many scratches you got? 
Uh, I've got two scratches. Okay, uh, the I've first got one. Of which is, we're we're going in circles a bit tonight, um, unfortunately, because I'm going to scratch Matt Duchesne. Because uh, I don't know if you've heard Dan, but he's only had three points in his last seven games. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we say, I can't believe we never discussed this, and it just seems to work out perfectly, there are a few times like this where it doesn't work out perfectly. And, and yeah, not not ideally, but I will add a little uh, a little addendum, if you will. To uh to that little stat that you've already mentioned, uh two of those uh two of those three points that he's had in his seven games since the since the trade have come against Edmonton and uh, New Jersey. Edmonton being one of few true tire fires in the NHL this season, and uh, and the New Jersey Devils being last in the Metropolitan. So I feel in in a lot of ways that's one point in seven games. Yeah, it's a good point. Did you know as well? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Columbus' last game is against Ottawa as well. Oh, mate. <laughs> Can you, you couldn't imagine? Last more than that, could you? Can you imagine? Oh, dearie me. That would be so good. Okay. Unfortunately, I have to go serious for my scratch this week. That's boring, isn't it? I know. I don't, I, I don't want to, but I feel like this is something I should mention for, t- for two reasons. But Keith Flint of The Prodigy died this week. A huge part of my childhood growing up was... The music scene in general, but I was such a huge fan of The Prodigy. And I've not read anything any, anything today, but last I'd heard, nothing had been completely confirmed. But the police were, were saying it's definitely not suspicious in any way, which to me means he's, either, you know, he's probably taken his own life. And so I was very sad about, obviously, I'm never going to get to sort of hear any new music. And this guy's decided that this is the only way he could sort of solve his problems. But secondly, boys... Any boys, if you can hear my voice, then hear this. There is no shame in asking for help for anything from anybody at any time. Part of the reason I do this show is because I wanted to feel like I want to give something to people like an hour and a half a week. They can just pass the time, stick our, you know, stick the earbuds in, listen to two dumb English dudes talk about hockey, and maybe we'll give you a laugh now and again. Um, one of my good friends... 25 years old took his own life last year and he thought there was nothing he could do which was crazy because we all told him you know you're going to talk to us come and see us go and see these people what can we do but he just thought he couldn't sort of do it and I don't want other people to make that mistake especially people who are in any way any way related to me or Will because if you listen to this show I count you as somebody okay cool they listen to our show we're now kind of part of their lives in a, in a kind of a weird small way I don't want that to happen to anybody because it's always harder for the family that gets left behind. It's And that's just the truth, you know? Um, at the funeral last year for my mate, it was his, it was his brother and his sister and his mum who, who were left there wondering, what the hell? Like, what did we do wrong? And obviously, the, you know, the other friends that were there with me were, were thinking the same thing. So not trying to bring the show down, but I think sometimes you have to sort of let these messages get out there and be known. So yeah, take it easy, boys. Go and talk to somebody if you need to. Yeah, boy, boys, girls, anything in between. If you're if you're having any sort of struggle, you know, mental, physical, emotional, whatever it might be, like there's always going to be somebody there that that will will listen to you. Like the people in your life are in your life for a reason. Do you- there's this. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to remember it. There's this uh, this uh, guy Jeff Rosenstock. There's a lyric in one of his songs. Oh, I'm trying to remember what it is, but it's basically along the lines of. You know, people are your your friends like you. Don't forget that. Essentially, like you know, yeah, 
Oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be there if they didn't give a shit, sort of thing. So yeah, there's a reason. There's never... a reason they're your friends. They don't have to be your friend. They they're your friend because they want to be your friend because they like you. They like spending time with you. Yeah, your your relationships are not a one way street, and don't ever forget that. Yeah, I don't. It's gonna sound like I wasn't trying to exclude girls or anything, and you do make a good point in saying, yeah, anybody, boys, girls, whatever. But I do feel that mentally, boys are just broken. There's something off with boys. I don't know what it is. But all these high-profile suicides, it's always men. Anybody I know that I I now know, I don't. One of my good friends, which was my friend last year, killed themselves, and then there were two boys at school who I knew, not great friends, but I knew them. They killed themselves, and then my wife sort of worked with a guy a few years ago. He did the same thing, and you, there's a weird pattern developing with boys and mental health. Two of my two of my other friends have had to go to the doctors the past few weeks because they've had, in theory, a nervous breakdown. And it's very peculiar, and I think there's something about when a when a when a girl or a woman says, like my wife does the same. Like my wife will do this. She'll say, "God, I just need a good cry. I just need to watch something sad to let it out." And I have to say, "Why? Why do you want to cry? That's insane." Because to me, crying is just a thing that happens when you're sad. But it's not. It's crying is like it's an emotional. It's to release that emotion from your body. It's to get it out there to kind of like, God, I feel like crap. I'm going to cry it out, and I'll go on from there. But obviously, us boys, we feel like we can't do that. We feel like we have to be strong, or we have to be, and that, especially younger boys. I think when you get older, you kind of you try and not care as much about that kind of thing. But there are still people who do that. But I think there's something there with boys that's something. Something's not right at the moment. Something's off with it, and I don't know. I don't know what it is. But obviously, anybody, you know, get yourself sorted if you need to. Wise words. Wise words. There. There we go. All right. Should we, should we go back to making poor jokes about hockey? Absolutely. What's your next scratch? Uh, my next scratch is going to be Islander fans. For, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine work. That's fine work. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. Thank you. I haven't really got a good reason, uh, apart from all the reasons that have been been um, been outlined. Like I, yeah, as we'll cover, I'm a bit, I'm a bit mixed on the on the whole Islander situation. Dan, so I think they deserve to be in a, in both lists this week. Fair enough, fair enough. All right then, who have you got to round us off? No, that was it. I just had the one because mm. I thought, well, yeah, it's a serious one, so I'll just go with that and we'll we'll leave it there. This is meant to uplift people in some way, and you know, but now and again, we do have to put, get the serious points across there. All right, the news for this week. Well, unfortunately, I think we should start with the passing of Ted Lindsay. I know we've mentioned just mentioned somebody dying there but i think sometimes it is it's a very like death is a very sad affair but then sometimes the life lived needs to be celebrated and this is definitely one of those occasions i played the game the way i wanted to play i played it to win and there was no friends on the ice they were all enemies I just saw the cup sitting there, so I just went over and picked it up and I took it to the people on the boards, went around the boards. I wasn't starting a tradition. I was taking care of my fans. I never dreamed of playing in the National Hockey League. I I played hockey because I loved it. I only did what I wanted to do. (laughs) An absolute giant. In In my opinion, in my opinion, one of the five most important people in hockey ever. I feel if you not if you're not aware of what we'll run through. I mean, I've written down some notes, and I'll run through quickly 
a very, very abridged version of what Ted Lindsay did and what he was responsible for. But I feel, in my opinion, one of the most five important people ever to grace the sport. I mean, you could you could make an argument for for number one to be quite honest. Yeah, totally, it? totally. Hugely influential. He um, he he laid his career down on the line in in a time where the NHL was so small that that was a big risk. That was a big risk. He Absolutely. played his entire career in in the original six era, and you know to to become blackballed from the league a wasn't unheard of, and b wasn't all that hard. Especially when you're when you're a player like Ted, who was yeah in the attempts to to set up uh, the first players' union that the uh, that the league had ever seen, you know what? We 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 all know the the struggles that other more established unions have had um, with their employers throughout the years, but to to be one man on an island in a, in the NHL trying to trying to unionize the players against the I, I think it's fair to say tyrannical owners. As they always have been and always will be. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it really. Yeah, no matter how how entrenched in the sport you are, no matter how how large your stature is, like that's that's a, a big thing for for Lindsay, Lindsay to have done. I think, like you say, it's affected the league in in no short way. I think it's remarkable that a guy who won four Stanley Cups, his accomplishments off the ice dwarf everything that he did on it when he's got four cups to his name. And it's crazy that... I mean, the bloke, he, go on. The bloke's not even a point-per-game player. He's basically a scrub. <laughs> and it's mad that he's probably known now to younger fans as, an, as a name on, on an end-of-season award. But like you say, he's responsible for the formation of basic rights for players at a time when teams could own a player's contract for their entire career. Their entire career. He went to a, a baseball and football sort of players meeting and found that their playing conditions were way better so Lindsay and Doug Harvey who played for the Canadians led a group to form sort of the players association and players like you say who were who supported it were either benched or sent to the minors and it took balls the size of absolute grapefruits for Lindsay to do what he did and yeah he was stripped of his captaincy traded to the Blackhawks who were terrible and then and the same thing happened to, to Doug Harvey just mad really and I can't imagine can you imagine like I don't know like Sidney Crosby now like walk up to Batman's office with a copy of the current like the like and maybe a CBA draft going uh what the fuck is this this is bullshit <laughs> Batman just be like well you know and then Crosby just like I'll see you in court Batman this is bullshit it would never happen it would never happen but Lindsay just said no this is shite I fucking stand for something else I stand for the rights of these guys who I'm playing with every day just amazing absolutely loopy and I mean, yeah, hell of a player as well. I, I, the thing that's really struck me a bit because I've been relatively familiar with with Ted Lindsay's story off off the ice and on the ice, but I never realised he was he's played five for eight, not yeah. one hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, it's and this is guy, crazy. This is a guy who was called Terrible Ted. He was Terrible Ted because they had to, the league had to introduce laws because of him. For elbowing and kneeing players because of the way That's he played. Loopy. Can you imagine? I'd, I'd always imagined him sort of standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Gordy Howe. Yeah. But um but no. He was like basically like, you know, Theo Flurry or or Brad Marchand, maybe. Who also, let's be honest, who also has had laws introduced to the game because of him. I mean, I know it's licking and it's a bit different, but you know, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe one's a bit more for for the benefit of the players, and one's more for the detriment of the players. But <laughs> yeah. who's who's to say? Who's to say? I think as well, seeing a player who played this style get an award named after him can only lead to great things. And I think in sort of twenty sixty nine, we'll be looking at the recipient of the Tom Wilson Award at the end of the year. I can't wait for those days. I think it's going to be great. The, the player's player becomes the Tom Wilson. Yeah, becomes the Tom Wilson Award. <laughs> after after shortly becoming the Rafi Torres Award and then moving on to Tom Wilson when he, uh, when he retires. The Radko Gudis Best Dick Handling Award. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Pre- presented is... by Bauer Helmets. <laughs> presented by Medieval Helmets because that's what they'll have to wear now. Gouda's skating around, swinging at people's melons. Yeah, basically what happened was the league settled out of court and and because Lindsay and Harvey basically set up an antitrust lawsuit against the league, saying it was wrong what they were doing with these players and treating them the way they did. And the the NHL just gave in, basically, because they knew that they sort of had no case to answer. But what was amazing as well is, is that I read a bit... Obviously, I knew about Ted Lindsay, but it's not until you start reading properly about what happened and what he did. Listen to some of the names involved, not all in a good way either, with this whole players' union, Ted Lindsay thing. Khan Smythe, yes, that one. James Norris, yes, that one. Frank Calder, yes, that one. Jack Adams, yes, that one. Jack Adams spread lies about Lindsay and he blocked mm-hmm. it at the early stages of the union. He was saying that Lin- he was saying that Lindsay was doing it to keep other players down, and he'd signed this. Co- he and Lindsay had signed this contract that was really beneficial to him. Con Smythe and the Smythe family hated Lindsay, and they feuded for years. I think, and even even Con Smythe's son did something to try and get Lindsay out of the league. Absolutely ridiculous, considering that these names who we now like say these names now revere at the time were just you know sort of like the, these terrible these terrible con artists. Well, so I can um. We're gonna we're gonna have the Jeremy Jacobs Award in in fifty years time. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know GM of the year. You know what owner of the year is gonna be, don't you? And GM of the year. You're gonna have the UG Melnick Award and the Peter Chiarelli Award. <laughs> I, I can only hope so. I can oh only hope. I hope so. We need to do an end of the year award show. And we need to do that for our GM of the year and owner of the year. We need the Melnick and Chiarelli uh, Award. Our own little the the two Brits one pack awards. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, did you know the story about Ted Lindsay's um, Hall of Fame induction? Uh, I I did, Dan. But please regale it for for those who haven't heard it. Basically, he refused to attend the ceremony. He was, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he said, "Yeah, I'm not going because sort of wives, girlfriends, families couldn't attend." And he said, "I don't feel like I'm snubbing hockey, but I don't want hockey to snub my family, dude." What a guy. What a guy. I love just it. Just laid it all out online time and time again. I know, and just um, his entire career. I was thinking today, Dan, all all due respect to, to Ted Lindsay, absolutely <sighs> utmost respect. I don't want to claim that, that, that there's someone that all these stories about Ted Lindsay made me think about. You're worrying me. today's NHL. Okay. Um... And not to say that I'm comparing the two as people or players or or anything. I just think the situations are quite similar. And the player that that Ted Lindsay's story has made me think of today is Dan Carcillo. 
Ooh. And oh. I think with the situation that Carcillo has put himself in today with with his active work, working for better benefits for players after they've retired for the, from the NHL, his work around con- awareness about concussions and, um, and post-concussion syndrome. I just think there are... Yeah, not similar players on the ice. Well, from the sounds of it, maybe more similar players yeah. on the ice than they could yeah. have been. From the sounds of it, more than Pro- we ever produ- realised. <laughs> maybe production-wise, not quite yeah. the same right, yeah. player. But I, I, I wonder. Yeah, not being from not being around when Lindsay was around for obvious reasons, and not being as entrenched in the Dan Carcillo uh, situation as some people are. But I wonder if, when it's all said and done, Dan Carcillo could be the twenty-first century's answer to Ted Lindsay. Mate, that is an excellent point. An excellent point. He put out on, he he put something out on Twitter the other day that even his former teammates had sort of tried to stop him speaking out, didn't they? They said, you know, don't say anything, don't ruffle any feathers, just let us get on with it. We don't want you changing hockey. We don't want you changing the rules, kind of thing. We like it how it is. And he's just, yeah, he's he's sticking to his guns because it's something he believes in. And listening to him talk, you, you know, you can't you can't help but agree with him because. It's it's devastating what he goes through, and he says, and and players who've in all contact sports who said that you know there are days where they don't know who their wife is, they don't know where they are, they you know they walk out of the house and think like where am I, what's going on? It's it's just awful, it's awful. But then there is that, and I'll admit to it. There's that side of it, like I mentioned before, where sometimes there's a fight. Yeah, I'll I'll watch the fight, and it, it kind of gets me amped up. But I think, I think from Dan Carcel's point of view, I think he's right in that. If you just if you just take away fighting, you know what? You're not going to miss it. You're really not. And just hit smarter. And there should be, like we said before, there should be higher penalties for people who hit the wrong way to just super discourage it. And if it becomes a no crushing hit league, then so be it. You know, we have to, we have to get there because you can't have players sort of walking around in these having these problems that they're having. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how how it all ends up and and whether. Yeah, you know, the the tireless work that Castellano's putting in um, has any has this sort of lasting effect that that Lindsay had for sure. Um, yeah, because I had it on the run sheet for ages, but they they tried to settle out the league's tried to settle out of court, haven't they, with a concussion lawsuit? Mm. And they've offered they've offered. Do you know what I had it written down on the run sheet? And I know I've I've deleted it off now, but they offered what what they think is something substantial sort of, you know, help with bills after, you know, after care and uh, medical bills after care and that kind of thing. And they've tried to offer them a bit of a lump sum, but Carcelo saying, no, it's not enough. And I think, I think he's right. I think he's right. It's, again, it's not, it's seemingly not been mentioned since, but when you've got emails floating around saying to officials, don't, you know, don't let on that, you know, players can cuss, don't call these penalties, that kind of thing. Cause the league knows what's going on. Fucking hell, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's uh, it's damning, is what it is, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Ted Lindsay, an absolute like God, bigger than a giant. In some way, in some ways, bigger than the game. He he, every this and and I, I saw that this weekend in a lot of the games, every single uh, rink's going to have a board on with his name and his number, which is which is fabulous. And if you get chance and you don't know, you might know little bits about Ted Lindsay, like me and Will did, but. Once you start reading really into what went on, a crazy story, a crazy story, and a man of integrity. Big ups, Ted Lindsay, RIP. Do you want to do? Do you want to save the best for last, or shall we get into it now? 
Go on, let's get into it. Let's, get into it. let's have a let's have a nice Yeah, we've Yeah, let's let's have a big chunk, shall we? Let's have a big chunk of fun, shall we? Here he comes. Off the cheers erupt from the Islanders crowd here at Nassau Coliseum, and there will be no confusion when he touches the puck tonight as this play is blown down on an offside. If you can hear the whistle, both teams just want to get this game moving, Brendan, with all, all the whistles. They want to get a little flow. All right, Tavares, the return to Electric Boogaloo. This time it's personal and other sequel names. So you are all aware of this. I'm not even going to say if you're not aware, because you're all aware. The Leafs played the Islanders this last week in Long Island, and boy, oh boy, what a game. Because I wanted I wanted one of two things to happen. My axe to grind is not with the Maple Leafs, as people believe, but it's more with the stuff around them. I don't hate the Leafs, the team. It's a great team. I'm Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Mitch Marner. I like Tavares going there because it opens up the idea for other free agents to say, you know what? I don't have to stay here. I can go and see who else wants me. But all the stuff around the Leafs, I get there are bad fans on every on every team, but God damn it, if Leafs fans don't tweet out the weirdest, stupidest things sometimes. Like I've said, Sportsnet, Christ Almighty, just fucking give it a rest. But either two things could have happened to make me happy. The Leafs get destroyed and the fans let him have it. Or Tavares scores a hat-trick, turns on the fans, and the fans let him have it. And I got my Tavares Day wish because it finished 6-1 to the Islanders. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in a little moment of applause here for Islanders fans for not letting me down. This was, in some ways, well, as you all know, this was a soccer game brought to an ice hockey rink. And, and this is where I think... Um... Maybe our opinions will differ to to what it seems a lot of hockey hockey fans' opinions yeah. seem to be. I thought power to the Islanders, absolutely power to the Islanders. I mean, all, almost in in every sense, you know. I I don't want to see things be thrown at players during play or anything like that. But at the same time, I disagree, a couple of rubber snakes. Yeah, a couple of rubber. <laughs> As it seems to be a bit of a theme today. Yeah. A couple of rubber snakes while he's in warm-ups. It's and a throwing stationary. show. Yep. Um, I, 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 I did quite like the the Islanders fan throwing a jersey in his direction. I did quite like it because that's that is a statement right there, isn't it? And it's, I'll put... Oh, sorry, go on. I don't know. Just, you know, with our, um, with our sort of um, history... With uh, with football and all the hooliganism around it, I don't know. That's just sort of dulled our senses to towards it. But um, at least it wasn't coins, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. I, f- I found it hilarious that I think Pierre LeBrun said on Twitter, "I don't mind people booing or voicing their opinion, but don't throw things at players." I was like, "Dude, it was a plastic snake and a fucking shirt. Like, who gives a shit?" I saw a pig's head thrown at a player once. A pig's head. Jesus Christ. Do you know about that story? No. Right, so Louis Figo 
Barcelona megastar. Barcelona megastar. Gets transferred to their arch rivals. When I say arch rivals, this is the thing. Like People in America and Canada don't understand what a rivalry is. I get it. The closest. Ooh, I, I, I don't, don't know. know about no, that. Will, I'm not having it. That. I'm not having it. I am not having the Battle of Alberta or fucking King Sharks or Sharks Dorks or Bruins Canadians. They don't compare. They. I'm sorry. They just don't compare to Manu Liverpool or Barca Madrid or Celtic Rangers. They just don't. I'm not saying they're not good. They are good, and there's extra spice in the game. But I'm praying. I am praying that it's Leafs Islanders in the playoffs. I'm I'm so close to hoping that the Leafs beat the Bruins in the first round and they get the Islanders down the road somewhere just for that reason, just to create the atmosphere that I want to see from a hockey game. I'm not saying those rivalries aren't good, but they're not they're nothing compared to to Footy. Anyway, you can come back on that in a sec. I'll just quickly explain this Figo thing. So Luis Figo gets transferred for a then world record fee. I think it was like forty million quid from Barcelona to Real Madrid. He goes back to play against Barcelona at Barcelona's ground and people are pelting him with things. There are coins, lighters, um, tennis balls and then a pig's head was thrown at him. A pig's head. Now, I think during warm-ups, while players are skating around, having a little bit, if you want to throw a plastic snake or a jersey or something soft, that's fine. Don't start throwing coins, because as much as it made me laugh watching a pig's head get thrown at Figo, that's a dick move to do. That's that's really fucking stupid. And coins especially, that's really fucking stupid. Like players can fucking lose an eye for God's sake. But jerseys, things like that, I'm fine with that during during, during warm up. That's fine. And for for a sort of collective fan base that, in general, condones the throwing of, you know, octopus, catfish. Plastic rats. Why? Why not plastic snakes? <laughs> yeah. At what? So at someone who you know is generally referred to as a snake by a lot of people in the league. Very true. You don't think that sure, sure, like surely you don't think that football rivalry can match anything in hockey. No, I, I just think it's a bit naive to say that like American sports fans don't know anything about rivalry just because like. <laughs> A lot of European soccer fans and soccer fans around the world, quite frankly, have expressed their hatred for other clubs in um, very childish, stupid and and often illegal ways. Doesn't necessarily mean that the passion doesn't burn as brightly in, in, you know, hockey fans, American football fans, basketball fans, like... I'm not saying saying it doesn't... I'm not saying there's not a rivalry there. And I'm not saying it's... I'm not trying to... sounded like I was trying to downplay it. I'm not trying to downplay it, but that game, that Islanders-Leafs game, I can't remember the last time I heard anything like that in a hockey game. Yeah, It's been a long, long time. I thought, maybe because it's my team, I thought maybe Bruins-Canadians in 2011 when it went to Game 7 and and we won um, to get through to the next round. I mean, that building was rocking. And... You know, Vegas does it, like Nashville does it, but they're just doing it because they support their team. They're doing it to amp up their team. The Islanders were doing it out of anger and hatred and annoyance, which made me... Because I think if you like something, 
It's like getting good service. If you go somewhere and get great service, you never say, oh my God, that was amazing. Thank you so much. And then spend 10 minutes waxing lyrical about how fabulous it was. But if you go somewhere and get bad service, it's all you can do is start ringing people going, oh my God, it was fucking terrible. And you spend like 45 minutes writing your Yelp reviews and stuff because you're just so angry. The rivalry atmosphere, the that, that hatred of filled atmosphere, just sort of provides so much more oomph to the game. And I think it comes back to what we've said before, like the fact that, you don't have the home and away fan dynamic in the yeah, arena. Yeah, I think that absolutely fuels that sort of palpable animosity that you get between fan bases, and can lead to um, yeah the more uh, more visible sides of a rivalry, if you will. It, yeah, it just doesn't doesn't have the same atmosphere because you don't have the same conditions generating that sort of atmosphere. I agree. But then, if the home team is so loud as they are, it does. You know, it's. I feel like it can still work, as, as proved that you know, as proved that Leafs Islanders game. Yeah, there are plenty of chants. So we had, uh, as Anders Lee scored, that's a captain. We had, we don't need you, Barzi's better. You can't beat us. It's your bedtime. You're a liar, and where's your jammies? Which is, <laughs> which where's your jammies? Was my favourite. Even though, oh mate. And I've made this mistake before. Even though he wasn't wearing pyjamas, was he? He was actually in bedsheets. But bedsheet boy doesn't sound as good as pyjama boy to me. I think pyjama boy just sounds funnier. And I'm, I'm happy to run with pyjama boy. I don't know. Bedsheet boy? I quite like that. Bedsheet boy. It's got the alliteration, isn't it? I suppose. And this is something else. How often have I... I've said this on here a few times, is that we need like proper songs in hockey games or different chants, not just oh, go, man. Leafs, go. Go Bruins, go! Go Habs, go! Go Kings, go! Like that's it. I mean, come on. There's got to be, you know, get a bit more going in there. And that's why that's why I also enjoyed it because I was then thinking because I watched the whole game and I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what they like start chanting next. It was like a little game, like, ooh, what they're gonna say next? It's um, yeah. Imagine the sort of songs that you'd get about John Tavares right now. I mean, and <laughs> the sort of lewd. Uh... Topics I'm sure they'd end up covering as they invariably do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just the the one thing that I did like and and do like that I think um, hockey and I'd imagine other American sports do that that um, rival fans and disgruntled fans in soccer don't seem to do is like the the redoing of Tavares jerseys with like the oh. you know, a new nameplate saying traitor on the back and stuff. Yeah. I'm, I Tavares sort of thing. was what I liked. <laughs> it's just beautiful. I think that's that's a that's a lovely little little thing to uh yeah, just a just a little touch that hockey seems to have over over football in the rivalries department. I can't I don't understand. Okay, this is a little sort of moving on to something else about this, but I don't understand what people's problem was with Islanders fans doing this. Because, okay, this is sport. The rules of society, the rules of normality don't apply. We all know it's crazy. We all know it's insane. I've said before, you standing there, if someone does something bad and you going, boo, boo, that's ludicrous. That's absolutely bonkers. But in a stadium with a player you hate, it's fine. 
throwing shirts at people. If you just like, if some guy cut you off in like in the car, and it's, it's like you're trying to you're trying to catch him driving, and you're taking your shirt off in the process, and as you you wind down your window and just throw it at him, like that's what I think of you, you shit. I get it. That's that's weird, but this is sport. This isn't normal. We 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 become different people when we watch a game. It's bizarre. I understand that. It's like if a guy at work leaves your company for a better job and more money. You're like, oh, you know what? I, I can't blame him. Fucking, I'd do the same. But if a player leaves your team for more money, a better chance of winning. Yes, he's a traitor. He deserves things thrown at him. I don't get it. It's it's the thing where like he D- Tavares didn't do anything wrong. But he said he gave it all to that to that um, that franchise for a very long time. Did the best that he could, and quite frankly, you know, didn't necessarily have it reciprocated by the organisation back to him. They weren't always thinking in Tavares' best interest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he left at the end of his contract. It's, it's been said and ad infinitum. He didn't ever say that he was definitely going to stay. Yada yada yada. But at the same time. If, like the Islanders fans are well within their right to be ludicrous about it, like absolute lunatics. Yeah, that's the whole point of sport. Like, yeah, that's what can, we do. How can you have animosity towards any player on any other team and then, like, you know, vilify Islanders fans for having animosity against Tavares? I completely like, it agree. happens all the time in football. Like, you know, a player a player gets bloody sold, doesn't even choose to leave, just gets sold by the club, and he's still like. No, boo, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. Like, yeah. like I, I remember distinctly the first time it happened to me when I was when I was a young boy, Patrick Vieira, um, one week says, oh, I love Arsenal, I want to stay with Arsenal for the rest of my career, and then gets sold to Juventus like a week later. And I was like, how could you do this to me, Patrick? <laughs> you're a scumbag, you're a liar, <laughs> and pox on your family. And yeah, like, you know... It, uh, not that Tavares is in the wrong, but at least Islanders fans are hating someone who chose to leave their franchise. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I think, yeah, they're well within their right to to hate Tavares, but at the same time, they're very wrong for hating Tavares. It's just fantastic. It's that thing I've mentioned before: is that in theory, in a team-based sport, you're not cheering for a player. You're cheering for your jerseys to beat the other jerseys mm-hmm. because you support that team for the, for your entire life or however however long you decide to support that team for. So if you've been an Islanders fan for 25 years, th- there's no players there now who were there 25 years ago. You're not cheering for the players. You're cheering for your jersey to beat the other jersey. That's insane. <laughs> so when something like this happens, yeah, it's normal to go bonkers and throw shit. But people seem to forget that. And that fucking geek Sean Avery going, I can't believe that these fans are... Shut the fuck up, you idiot. What are you talking about? Of course they're going to boo him. Of course they're going to boo him. Because in their mind, he's a traitor. But to everyone else, yeah, I would have fucking left the Islanders. Of course I would have done. Are you mad? (laughs) Of course I would have left them. It's it's made such a better story that now that they're really good and that they're playing some good hockey and they're going to make the playoffs. That's a great story. And that makes it all the better. But fucking hell, I would have crawled to Toronto naked to get away from fucking Long Island if I was Tavares, if I could have done. It's it's what the league needs. Like, you know, we're, we always talk about rivalries and you know, we want more rivalries in the game. We want more, not strictly animosity, but you, know, you, want, you want the players to care about the game. Like, why are the fans not allowed to care about the game more as well? Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
I just hope I, you just know as well like Lou was in the locker room before the game just this man is a goddamn liar you better make him pay <laughs> like, yes Uncle Lou okay Uncle Lou <laughs> Uh, before he left, he said he uh, hated every last one of you and a pox on your families. <laughs> uh, and if nothing else, this could be one of those games that the Leafs look back on and think, okay, we, we need to sort of be smarter, be a bit... I don't want to use the word, but I am Mr. Intangible, so I have to. We have to play a bit tougher, play a bit stronger, because this was like, this was like a Stanley Cup final game. It was absolutely rocking, and... I think the Leafs realise now when we get to the playoffs we better be prepared every single night because teams are going to want to destroy us because of what we've got kind of thing. That that was the problem, Dan. If they'd have just finished their checks a bit more they wouldn't have lost 6-1. <laughs> it might have been 6-2 but hey, better than 6-1, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's progress. Ah, which brings me which brings me to my problem with the Leafs fans. Will, what did you what did you get for John Tavares Day this year? Uh, nothing, nothing. You didn't get anything? Right. Oh, that's Weird. a shame. Yeah, we came down. Yeah, sorry, we don't our... celebrate here in my house. Do you not? Oh, well, sorry, yeah. We came down, opened our presents under the Tavares tree, and uh, I got a Tavares jersey, Tavares mug. Yeah, we had a lovely Tavares. Went around to the in-laws for Tavares Day dinner. It was lovely. Now, <sighs> fucking Ali's fans. Jesus Christ. I have a weird love-hate relationship with them because I do feel for them in that they are so passionate about their team. And all this team has done on them for the past 50 years is generally crap on them, with them not having really anything to cheer for. It's not their fault. It's not the fans' fault that like these multinational corporations decide that they're the only news worth covering. So, but Tavares Day just makes me shake my head at them all over again. I mean, people on Twitter the next game against the Sabres saying like stuff like, do it for JT do it for Tavares like he's a fucking like he's buried underground in a Chilean mine or something like what like <laughs> he just went back to a game and played hockey for 11 million dollars why is it Tavares day and the fucking mayor got involved like oh my god have a word with yourselves Dan you're such a hypocrite and I love it I, I know. absolutely love it I know I am we just spent the last 15 minutes talking about how the Islanders fans are allowed to be as you know unhinged as they want to be based on the behaviour of players that you know within their organisation and next to their organisation. Surely the Leaf fans are allowed to be ludicrous in the other direction. You know, ludicrously positive, ludicrously supportive. I have no issue. You know, okay. I have no issue. What, with... what if what Go if on. that was Henrik Larson Day? What if that was Henrik Larson Day? That's different. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, right, tell me. How long has John Tavard played for the Maple Leafs? Um what emotionally or physically? No, physically, physically. What we oh, do now? Like, yeah, emotionally, he's been a lifelong leaf. But um, what sixty-seven games, something along those lines? Yeah, sixty-seven games. Now, if you go, if you go to the arena in his first home game back, and you want to cheer every shift, and you want to, you know, clap every time he's on the ice, I understand that. I understand. I get that. But stuff like do it for JT, like oh, do it for John. Let's do this for John. Like he's, I don't know, like he's got some disease or something. No, sorry. I'm like I say, I live for hatred. I I love the I love the hatred side of it. And if it was reversed, I, w- I would have said the same thing. If it had been the other way around, and then he goes and plays, you know, and then the Anders fans are saying, "Oh, I'll do it for JT." You know, he's he's come back home, blah blah blah. He's played sixty-seven games for us. He's a true Leaf. 
what's he done? He's not done anything yet. He's just a guy on a team. I get it. Yeah, it's a little bit hypocritical. And I don't blame him for supporting him. But JT Day? Come on. <laughs> Jonathan, that's crazy. That's too much. No? It's, it's, it's a bit over the top, but still, you're you're off your rocker, mate. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Breaking it's... news. Breaking news here in 2019. <laughs> I just... Yeah, they're supporting him because, as we said before the show, like he's just been through probably one of the most emotionally traumatic games of his career. And what they give him a standing ovation, and say, "We love you. Thanks for um, you know, thanks for making the right decision." Sort of thing. Like, I don't mind and- that. It's just the it's just the JT day thing. It's just that John Tavares day. Like he's like what? fucking cured. Like he discovered penicillin or something. Shout out to penicillin. Like he discovered yeah, penicillin or. Big big episode for penicillin this week. Episode. <laughs> he might as well have though. Like he might as well have. But because he decides to come back to a good don't get me started on this either. Because he decides to come back to a good team that's gonna pay me eleven million dollars a year, we have to celebrate that. No. Are you what if um what well, if, what I said if Leo Messi <laughs> what if Leo Messi signed for Celtic, would you not want uh, a messy day? Again it's different. Because <laughs> well, it's affecting you rather than like your equivalent in Toronto. No, if Toronto signed Crosby, if Crosby goes to Toronto, all right. Now maybe now you're onto something. If Lionel Messi signs for Celtic, first off, I'll be dead of a heart attack because it's never going to happen. But he's already accomplished everything. Like Crosby, if Crosby or Ovechkin, they're like, you know what, I'm going to go play in Toronto. I'd be like, holy shit. That's amazing. Like, fair enough. And John Tavares like, oh, I was in my, you know, I was in my bed sheets, blah, blah, blah. If that team was shit, he would not have gone anywhere near them. He would not have gone anywhere near them. And the fans like, oh, he came home. He came home because you're good. He came home because you've got a chance to win. Not because he loves the... Like, how often has that picture surfaced before? Like, never. I'd not seen it, I'd not seen it before. And I'm watching hockey for... Time, mate. Yeah, and I'm all watching hockey for... Yeah, there's his profile picture on Facebook for ages. I'm watching hockey for a long time. He only went there because they're good. Which is, that's fine now. He's, he's right to do that. But the fans treating it after 67 games like he's cured some fucking ailment in the world is bizarre. I've no issue with them cheering. No issue with them supporting him. Like, you know, standing ovation, all that kind of thing. Because they, you know, hometown guy. Fine, that's fine. But it was just that, it was just that all, because it was all over Twitter. Do it for John Tavares, John Tavares Day. And I was like, oh, this is fucking, this is bizarre. Just because he got booed against the team he used to play for. But then saying that, maybe this is what we don't realise, is that like, we, well, we don't do it in football, do we? <laughs> like, if a play, if one of our players goes back to his old ground and gets booed, we're like, oh yeah, he got booed. That's what happens. <laughs> Whereas in hockey, they're like, Sta- oh my God. Standard procedure. Yeah. Oh my God, they treated him so badly. It was terrible. I can't believe it. <laughs> Whereas we're like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know what to say about that, Dan. I'm just, your, your bias is showing. And, um... Yeah, the most the most hypocritical man in hockey strikes again. <laughs> Shit, dude, I'm collecting nicknames like nobody's business here, aren't I? Fucking hell, mate, you're going to need a, a long old tagline, aren't you? <laughs> it is hypocritical, I understand. And it's even hypocritical within this point. I like the cheering and clapping, that's fine. The other bit, that's ridiculous. It's just, just not this particular yeah. manifest. It's that, it's that true, yeah. It's that particular, that particular way of supporting Kim I find unbelievably stupid and bizarre. Oh, what, um, what if as well, the borough of Long Island announced um, we hate JT Day is that alright? 
Yeah, because it's, it's anger and hatred. I'm fine with that. Do you know what? <laughs> if awesome. if the Leafs get... <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an enigma. Well, I'm a mystery wrapped in a riddle. I hope if the Leafs get the Islanders and then the Leafs do the same thing when the Islanders go to Toronto in the playoffs, great. I'm all for it. Create an atmosphere. Get it going. Show your support for John Tavares by booing the shit out of Matt Barzal or booing the shit out of Lou or something. Fine. I'm fine fine with that. Every single Islander player, no matter who's touching the puck, just constant boos. Constant boo. Like, I don't know, throw pizza at them. Like, all kinds of Italian foods. Just throw pasta at them. (laughs) Anything. Cooked, of course, because then it's softer, but... I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. It's just that one specific thing that I couldn't I couldn't get around. How hard do you reckon? Like so, say how high up in a, in an arena would you have to throw a bit of penne for it to become a bit lethal? You know, like if you if there's you no arena high for the Eiffel Tower, it'd die. Yeah, there's no arena high enough because it would never reach. Well, no, it would, but I guess I guess penne's terminal velocity is just not anything, is it? It's not really heavy enough, is it? You need to weight you a bit of pasta. Yeah, it's a physics there equation isn't. that I don't know because obviously I know nothing about physics. I could, I, I do know a nuclear physicist. I could ask him, like, <laughs> I could ask him what he thinks the most lethal pasta if you dropped it from high enough. <laughs> what, what if you dropped a bit of penne from like the top of the Wembley arch? It would never do, do it though. A bit of damage? Nah, I can't. It what couldn't. Do you mean it'd never do it. Well, it'd, it'd fall down. It'd get to the bottom eventually, wouldn't it? Yeah, eventually. You don't want to eventually, do you? You want max speed. You want like breakneck. It goes white hot on re-entry type speed. Not eventually it'll hit the floor. Well, yeah, great. <laughs> and well, uh, so it goes so fast that it cooks by the time it hits the person. <laughs> it it's burns them. Like a bit of soggy pasta. <laughs> yeah, but it burns. That's how. It, that's how it injures them. <laughs> it's, it's so hot that it burns straight through someone's skull. <laughs> yeah, it would never happen. It's it's not it's not dense enough. Yeah, there's not enough force or mass to it. There's not enough mass. Not- is the is the word. I feel like there's a reason that Dr. Evil went for um, shots with lasers rather than pasta at terminal velocity. Yeah, shooting spaghetti at people. <laughs> spaghetti can hurt, man. It's pretty dangerous. What's the most dangerous pasta? Oh, the, what's the... Oh, God, I used to be... This is terrible. I used, this is my concussions again. I used to be a cook. <laughs> what's the filled pasta? Um, oh, um... Tor- tortellini. tortellini. Yeah, tortellini. Maybe you fill that with pennies and throw that... <laughs> throw that. <laughs> Yeah, but that, I feel like that's cheating a little bit. You're, afraid, you're basically just throwing a penny at someone if you throw a, torta, a bit of tortellini filled with bloody penny. Pennies? Penny? It's too confusing. How many pennies can you fit in a tortellini to throw? Two or three? Three, right? You can fit three pennies in. I reckon you could You could probably fit two, uh, three two-peas in, I reckon. Yeah, I bet you could. That'd, see, that'd do some damage. That could kill a man, for sure. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I reckon if I threw a, a bit of torsolini full of three two peas, I could kill a man with it. <laughs> there you Not go, Leafs. Well, there you go, Leafs fans. If Anders come to the playoffs, you can thank us. You can thank me and well later for this plan. <laughs> it's the perfect crime. They're throwing tortellini at players, but the players are going down. This is bizarre, Jim. I know. Like it's there's no mass to it. I don't understand. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's just like two peas all over the ice. <laughs> can, we, can we get done with like I don't know accessory after the fact? If, oh, if maybe, now, yeah. Matt Barzell gets killed by a bit of tortellini <laughs> filled with two dead pieces. <laughs> Unlikely, but I hope not. This is all, yeah. We just have to say we just have to say this one. This is all parody, of course. You know, don't go and throw pasta filled with money at players. It's very dangerous. 
Speaking of throwing money away, Will. Hey. The Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Christ. Hey, how about that for a segue? Boom! Okay. I, God, I've said this like so many fucking times on this show. I don't want to keep talking about them. I really don't. At some point it becomes laborious for us. But two days after saying... Two days after scoffing at the media, Pierre Dorian said, he's our guy. He's our head coach. Before I move forward, I just was asked about Guy Boucher. And I think it's probably best for me to repeat the answer in English. Guy's our coach. I don't think anyone will disagree with me on this one that I've probably haven't made I've made his job pretty difficult in the last few weeks and we're going to support him. I'm well aware I've not made his job easy, but he's our guy and we're going to look at things end of the season. Two days later, yep, he's out. Forget that thing I said. Kibouche's out. Mark Crawford steps in as interim head coach. We just felt as recently as uh, probably this morning that Guy wasn't going to be our coach moving forward. And for both parties, we just felt that it was probably time to move on. Uh, obviously, we made the decision. And uh, that's why um, we named Mark uh, as interim coach till the end of the year. I think in this rebuild, playing the kids is crucial. The development of our young players is essential for this team to have success moving forward. We want to see this team win games, develop, grow, have a great culture, uh, play for one in each other, play for the coaching staff, more importantly, play for our fans. And, you know, we saw that against Calgary a few days ago. I don't think we saw that last night. And at a certain point in time, we felt that we had to make the decision today. Pretty much made up my mind last night. I wanted to sleep on it. I advised Eugene this morning. I phoned Mark afterwards. Uh, and when Guy came in, I let him know. Uh, that he was not going to be our coach anymore. And who the hell knows if Mark Crawford gets bumped up permanently, but fucking hell, with Melnick being as cheap as he is, I would not be surprised. Will, your thoughts on this development? Um, I think it's a, a good development for um, Guy Boucher, to be honest. I think it's unfair <laughs> the way he's been treated, but so true. he's going to get paid to the end of the season all the same. He was going to get fired at the end of the season all the same. Like Now he's just got an extra few days to... to work his way through with therapy or drinking or whatever he's going to do and uh, overcome the PTSD that he's no doubt experiencing from this whole situation. What's even better for Guy is the fact that he's going to be doing stuff for the next few months and getting paid to do it. I'm hoping every time he goes to the toilet, he's like, ah, I'm getting paid to have a shit. Every time he has a, cu- every time he has a cup of coffee, I'm getting paid to drink this. This is awesome. Definitely. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see why Guy Boucher didn't didn't quit well I suppose the only reason he didn't quit is because then he wouldn't get paid wouldn't get paid would he yeah yeah I feel a bit bad for him but not that bad for him because he's just gotten out he's gotten out what more could you ask for there's there's got to come a point where yeah it's a completely different roster to to when he signed on and arguably what he signed on for yeah when he when he first got over as a team with I don't need to go through the laundry list of, of great uh, incredible players that have been traded away from the centres over the last few years but I, d- I don't think um, Guy Boucher is going to be shedding too many tears over his uh, his dismissal no not at all I feel it's like Shawshank Redemption he's just at the end he's just on his knees like hands up to the rain like oh my god thank you because he probably did stick it out thinking well I'm not going to quit because like you say if he quits he ain't going to get paid is he so he may as well stay there. It's a fucking shit show. We all know that. And he must have known in the back of his mind, whatever happens here, 
I'm I'm beyond point of blame now. He was almost like he was almost coaching with the wheels completely off. And I get he didn't he didn't do that. <clears throat> Excuse me, because to be fair, some of the players sort of publicly voiced that they wanted a change. I think Craig Anderson said that they were sort of stuck in a rush doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, the players wanted to be creative and try different things and they couldn't sort of do that, which is fine. So, I mean, Guy Boucher must have been thinking, God, this has all gone so bad. I just, no one's going to blame me for a single thing here. No, I, I wouldn't have blamed him if he just phoned it in for the last six months or whatever. <laughs> like, literally, literally there's a there's phone only, on the bed. So <laughs> Mark Crawford, like, picks up the phone. It's just Guy at home. Yeah, just, okay, send the next line on. Cheers, that sounds nice. Put the phone down. <laughs> Who? Who have they sent out? Uh, it's a Bergeron line, Guy. Uh, I don't know. Chris Tierney, chuck him out. <laughs> yeah. And even then, people would have been like, you know what? I don't blame him. I don't. He's had it tough there, so I think. Yeah, he's had it hard. There's a good good bit of line matching there from Guy Boucher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Dorian as well saying that Guy's job hasn't been easy the last few weeks. No shit. No shit, Pierre. You should have said the last 18 fucking months. Oh I, I know for a fact that he hasn't had an easy time of it because I am the reason he hasn't had an easy time of it. <laughs> he couldn't wait to leave that press conference either, could he? He kept trying to escape. <laughs> and he kept going, okay, guys, thanks. And someone would go, wait, wait, wait. He's like, oh, all right. Like four times he had to go back to the podium to answer another question. And was he not making jokes while uh, while we're talking about the fact that <laughs> Boucher's been bloody fired? Like, <laughs> okay, now. Like, Dorian, to, to an extent, I, like, I was going to say, like he's as much of a victim in in a lot of ways as as uh, Boucher was, but he's more of um more of an active victim. You know what I mean? Like he's got a bit of Stockholm syndrome. And yes, he's, um, yes, for sure. Participating in it. Yeah, Pierre Dorian's definitely the Patty Hurst of the NHL. He's just sort of siding with them now, and that's it. He's all in. <laughs> he's got his uh, he's got his black camouflage on and his gun in his picture, and he's ready. <laughs> but then, fucking hell! Did you see that Dorian met with the players? Oh, like no. he, he met with the right. Bearing in mind what this team has gone through, and I think as I mentioned before, Mark Boriecki, and then just mentioned Craig Anderson. There's not many players in the organization who've stuck through it and been there the whole time, have been through everything. Pierre Dorian met with the players. Guess what he said to them, Will? What on earth did Pierre say to those poor players, Dan? He said to them. There are no more excuses. Our play has been terrible, and it had better get better. See this? Can you fucking believe that? I've mentioned the balls on somebody right on this show, and I've forgotten who it is. But that's not the point. The fucking balls on this man to say that to those fucking players. You know what? Yeah, it's like, hey guys, you know, you know all the off ice shit you hear every day about this team. You know the fact we traded all our good players away? You know the fact we don't have an arena and we might be playing fucking outdoor on a pond soon? You know the fact that our own is an organ harvesting vampire? Well, that has to stop. And you'd better play better because of it, okay? Like, what the fuck? Can you imagine those players? Can you imagine the morale in that place at the moment? Oh, my God. In a, in his defence, I mean, he has done nothing but positive things for the uh, for the franchise over the last 12 months. He's uh he's gotten rid of a supreme distraction in uh in Mike Hoffman and Eric Carlson. He's lifted the Matt Duchesne, Matt Duchesne curse. <laughs> do you know what I'm so, loving mean, the spin zone? What what more what more can he do? What more can he do for for a locker room that's you know supposedly built on 
camaraderie and you know not being distracted not having any distractions around the place once you've lifted the match chain curse of course the team has to start playing better because that's just how it is look at Colorado yeah there it's are true. no more excuses because he's taken all the excuses away the only excuses now are the fact that they're all terrible players <laughs> and that's not really an excuse is it but of course that's not Pierre's fault that's the player's fault for being bad in the first place Exactly, exactly. You know, if you if you're admitting that you're not a particularly good hockey player, you probably shouldn't be in the NHL. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess, like we, it was an open. It's an open sort of. It was open knowledge that Boucher is going to get fired in the season anyway, and they're in full on rebuild for that unparalleled level of success. Will in the next five years, unparalleled. Unparalleled. They're somehow going to win more than a Stanley Cup. I don't know how that's. Maybe they're going to invent a trophy. I don't know, but they're going to have unparalleled levels of success. They're going to have 83 wins in a season. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're going to win the Stanley Cup and the something else trophy. I don't know what yet, but maybe they're going to, like say, they're going to invent something else. <clears throat> I mean, unparalleled success doesn't strictly mean good success. Unparalleled lack of success. Like, <laughs> it could be true. Yeah, but aren't they already doing that already? Successfully bad. I mean, yeah, to an extent, but I mean, they haven't they haven't run away with it. You know, they're not they're not completely at the end of a. There's still a chance they could not finish last. That is true. I think they're only what four points worse off than the Kings and oh, someone else, the Red Wings. I want to say maybe the Red Wings. That, uh, yeah, they're that four seems right, doesn't it? The wings. Yeah. And the, yeah, and definitely the Kings. And yeah, four points back of the way, Kings. So so um, there's there's plenty of room for um. What's the opposite of improvement? Demise? No. Mm. Shite? <laughs> plenty more room for shite. <laughs> There's plenty more room for shite. I'm wondering now who... I, I mentioned Mark Crawford maybe getting... The, well, probably getting the job because Malnick's a cheap fuck. But can you see anyone else being given the chance? Do you think anyone else would want that job? I Although, think, um... as we mentioned, it's you kind of... can You, you can't really lose, can you? I mean, you're going to do... Yeah, yeah. you can't make it any worse, really. You'd yeah. be hard-pressed to, at the very least. I, th- I think it's always going to be a desirable job. Maybe not as desirable as other, other GM posts in the league, but ultimately, there's only 31, soon to be 32 of these jobs in the league. And I mean, yeah, if if, if that's your opportunity to get, to get the job, then sometimes you just have to seize it. I think there will be people out there who want it. But at the same time, like, yeah, I can't see too many people uh, going for it. I think it will be people like Mark Crawford who want it, you know, sort of, they've already had their time in the NHL, if you will. You know, like, say, people like Crawford or Lindy Ruff or someone like that who just wants a uh, Daryl Sutter who wants, like, another another bite of the cherry sort of thing. Let's not forget as well that Mark Crawford has won a Stanley Cup, so he must be good in the room as well. He, he must be. It absolutely has to be. Yeah. He's, uh, he's full of grit, full of jam. No doubt. I think taking that... I, do you know what? I'm kind of coming around and, as I said, I'm a very um, strange man when it comes to sort of doubting myself and <laughs> going against my own points. But if you're a coach, you should take that job. If the, the complete selfish reason, selfish reason that people will expect nothing from you. If you can get the Sens, if you could get the Sens next season even close to the playoffs... People are going to say, God, he's done a good job, hasn't he? Like all that stuff that goes on over there, and he's got that team. 
made up of kind of misfits and cast-offs. He's got them to the playoffs. Like he's he's done great, hasn't he? I don't know. My my problem with that is that there will be um, there will be expectations from people, and the people that are expecting it are Eugene Melnick and Eugene Melnick. <laughs> so yeah, as much as like yeah, the world looking from from the outside will say, oh, there's only so much we could have done with that roster. You're still going to have you know Melnick's probably going to say we still want to be competitive, we want to be winning, blah blah blah. That's true, but I think I'm thinking of it not. I'm thinking of it not not counting Melnick. I'm thinking of it as other potential. You you take that job to then maybe see if you can get another job off the back of doing okay with the Sens. You don't take the Sens job thinking you're gonna do. Are you gonna go win a cup with them? Like, fuck it. Who cares what Malnick thinks? I'm here solely for the purpose of making this team better than people think, so I can parlay that and use this as a stepping stone to get to a better job afterwards. Yeah, it's almost like you know, taking the Sens job isn't gonna hurt your reputation, sort of thing. Yeah, because it's such a mess, and there's stuff always going. Still, still, after all this time, there are still things going on. It's just loopy, isn't it? Absolutely, like I can't wait till next season and this summer. Like, and it's it's not going to stop anytime soon, is it? It's just going to get more and more mental. Yeah, at the very at the very least, at the very least, if nothing else happens the rest of this season, we've still got the draft to look forward to with Colorado hopefully getting that first <laughs> that first overall. And we mention it all the time, but it's so funny. It's so funny. It's just, oh, it's going to be beautiful. I'm so excited for it. It's fabulous. All right, last thing before we move on to the to the end of the show, Kendall Coin Schofield hired as an analyst. Thank Christ, thank Christ, because marketing ploy or not, and it, if it was me, I would have hired people years ago. But you know, whatever. I don't care if this is a marketing ploy. I don't care. If they're doing it because, you know, she's almost become more... Well, she has become more known because of the All-Star game. Which is crazy, considering how fucking hell she's like one of the best players in her sport. But getting some fresh faces, talking about hockey, so I don't have to sit through a middle-class fucking MAGA family dinner every time I watch a studio talk about the sport, is fine with me. I'd rather a woman or a Chinese person off the street talk about it than hear another opinion from someone who was involved in it fucking 30 years ago so all around a good choice for whatever reason i don't care what the reason is we've uh, we've talked a lot about pioneers on this show and that's exactly what kendall's go kendall coin's gonna be um yeah, definitely i mean Matt, oh, she's she's not the first woman to be involved in a, in a broadcast but given her her recent sort of um spell in the spotlight if you will i hope this is going to be a big big stepping stone onto onto the future of how the NHL is covered. And um yeah, we can only hope. That's true. I do want to give a I do want to give a shout out to I'm not saying this as I don't I'm not aware there's other women involved covering hockey or anything because there is. I, I watch a lot of the Oh see now it's now it's gonna look stupid because I don't know if it's the Rangers or the Devils. But I normally watch so for, obviously I'm watching Eastern I'm I'm watching Eastern Conference games because they're on at like early enough for me to catch some of them. I think it's the Rangers have they have two female hosts for the you know for the for the local network. It's about time. It's about time that now people hopefully, like you say, Kendall Coin Schofield, people are gonna look at her and say, Ah, oh, okay, she's gonna be the flag bearer. And I get people have done it before, but now hopefully people can attach to her and just, you know, give me some I'm, I'm like I say, I'm fucking sick of old white guys. Jesus Christ, do me tree. Well <laughs> I don't I don't know. Very self loathing really, isn't it? Hating middle-aged white guys. 
<laughs> Dude, that might be the most hurtful thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> there's middle-aged white most guys. Most hurtful thing and I've said so far. Yeah, so far. There's middle-aged white guys and there's middle-aged white guys. <laughs> and I'm in the other one, not that one. The, the one that doesn't have a single Stanley Cup ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. Okay. All right. Man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. An unbelievable week last week. You are now tied as you got three games right and the coin got four games right. So... Heading into the final stretch, Will. Oh, should we talk about our bet? Or should we save it for another day? I've completely forgotten what the bet was. Have you forgot the bet was? All right. Um, oh, the sandwich board bet. The sandwich yeah, board yeah, bet. Yeah. Do we do it now? Yeah, go on. Let's, right. uh, let's, let's get it out there. Okay, we'll give you the brief outline now. And then we'll go into greater detail as we get to close to the playoffs. So Man versus Coin Flip is going to end when the regular season ends. The winner will be determined, can Will defeat the coin or will he lose again to an inanimate object like he did last year? We then decided we should try and put something on the line for the playoffs because everyone does a playoff bracket and we thought we'd try and spice ours up a bit. What's going to happen is we'll explain the points and whatever further down the road, but whoever predicts the most playoff games stroke scenarios correct wins. The loser has to go to their local town and stand with a sandwich board on them, or maybe a large piece of cardboard will be fine if you can't find a sandwich board. And you must write on it something along the lines of Will Everett or Dan Masters, and then our Twitter name is A Hockey Genius. And that has to be your penance. It has to be filmed to prove it's done, and then we'll post it on Twitter. Just a, something, just a little silly something for us to do. Now, I, I'm now thinking, well, is that I want to up the ante a little bit. Oh, Christ. <laughs> And then maybe, maybe you have to do it shirtless or something like that. Oh, mate, no, I'm not getting into that. I don't, no. I don't fancy drawing the ire of um of NCPD and uh, and getting getting escorted away for having my my nipples out. The local PCSOs come with me, say, "Oh, come on, man." Yeah, I don't have to have an awkward conversation and be told to put my t-shirt back on in front in the middle of my city. Thank you, you see, very much. You see, you really, we really should do this. We really should. No, they're not going to like. You're not going to get arrested. You've got a board on. No, 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 I know. I'm going to get arrested. I still just don't want to have have some PCSO come up to me and be like, "Make you put your shirt back on." All right, sir. Sorry. <laughs> that that is the bit be made amazing. by a man who just wants to get his shirt off. <laughs> if if you want to do it shirtless, Dan, be my guest. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll maybe I'll double down on my own bet and just go for it. <laughs> Just in in the nude, yeah. Like if you like, if I beat you, you have to get like a pet a pet spider or something. <laughs> like that has to be your penance as well. <laughs> That's that anyway. We'll we'll discuss the scenarios and points and things as we the, get the finer details. The finer details, <laughs> and we'll maybe I'll, maybe I'll work on well in the meantime to take his shirt off. <laughs> anyway, man versus coin flip, a huge a huge bubble game. Well. Pens, blue jackets. Oh, it's a big one. It's a big one. Of um, uh, well, the penguins have um, you know, previously bested uh, bested the blue. I was going to say Canucks for some reason. The uh, the blue jackets when you know, the most important things are on the line in the playoffs. So I've got to go with the pens again this time, Dan. 
And for the sake of hilarity, we want the Pens to win, don't we? Because we oh, don't want the Blue Jackets. Yeah, of course. Uh, Red we Wings, want, Rangers. We want Shane to, to sign a one-year, $3 million deal next year just to prove that he's still... He doesn't completely curse a hockey team whenever he signs with him. God, mad. Uh, basement battle. Red Wings, Red Wings, Rangers. I want to say the Wings because they've had that weird voodoo around them all season. There you go. Coyotes, Flames? Uh, flames. It's got to be the Flames, unfortunately. Canucks, Golden Knights. It's got to be the got to be the Knights. Like um, the Canucks have had some good flashes this year, but yeah, the Knights are, are back on their bullshit, as the kids like to say. And Caps, Jets. Ooh, my uh, my gut's saying Jets, so I'm going to uh, going to adhere to it and and say Winnipeg are going to take it in the Battle of the W's. There we go. Just listening, folks. If you can get in touch with us on Twitter, you can at Dan Straight Edge. Will you are at. W-E-V-E-R-E-T-T At two Brits, one puck, number two, number one. Thank everybody. Will, any last words? Stop. GM's out there. Anyone anyone who's listening, stop play, paying anyone who's not in your top six as a lock. Multi-million dollar deals. Just stop. There we go. Wise words for us all. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.